0: Welcome to the People and Performance Podcast, featuring guest experts from such global brands as NASA, Salesforce, the Milwaukee Bucks, Staples Professional, IBM, Mutual of America, Zero, and Simon Sinek Inc. The show offers expert insights into the strategic capabilities and behaviors needed to grow and sustain employee performance.
1: Hello and welcome to another episode of the People and Performance Podcast. This is Bill, your co-host. In this episode, Chris and I are joined by Craig Weber, author of the best-selling book, Conversational Capacity, The Secret to Building Successful Teams that Perform When the Pressure is On, and the sequel, Influence in Action, How to Build Your Conversational Capacity, Do Meaningful Work, and Make a powerful difference. Craig says that he's on a mission to help people build more healthy, engaged and adaptive organisations and he shares practical skills for putting good ideas to work, from running better meetings and making smarter decisions to facilitating more productive change and crafting more effective strategy. Chris Bjorling and I hope that you enjoyed this conversation that we had with Craig Weber.
2: Craig, it's great to have you here today on the People in Performance podcast. Can you introduce yourself
3: to our audience? Sure. Uh, thanks again for having me on the podcast, first off. Uh, my name is Craig Weber. Uh, I'm the author, uh, author of a couple of books, Conversational Capacity and Influence in Action. And I help people and teams improve their performance by treating dialogue as a discipline. Excellent,
2: Craig. That is awesome. So I got a question from you. So from your writings, you talk about, inspiring constructive change. So could you tell us what you mean by that? For example, um, what kind of instructive or constructive change can you do within a company's leadership team?
3: Yeah, so I talk about constructive change. In fact, I published an article recently on being a constructive variable. And the idea being that we can't control every variable in a conversation, a meeting, or an organization, Uh, but we can try to be a constructive variable. And what I mean by that is, how do we make every conversation or meeting smarter because we're in the room, more focus, more learning taking place, less defensiveness and dysfunction because of how we're engaging with others? Um, how do we try to make our organizations healthier, good for people, good for business, good for the community? So someone with a constructive orientation is always looking around and saying, how can I make things better here? Uh, And what's the work I need to do as a leader if I want to do a better job of playing that constructive role in a regular way? So is that a helpful response? That's a very helpful response. I appreciate that. So thank you so much.
1: Hey, Greg, uh, Bill here. What do you you focus on when creating a program to help leaders and high-skilled professionals to perform at top levels? And maybe as part of your answer there, you can share some of your philosophy and the business practices that you promote
3: yeah i like that an idea i like comes from bob keegan the psychologist who said any organization is a community of discourse leadership is about shaping the nature of the discourse Uh, And so what I help leaders do, and part of my leadership development process, is to help them learn to do just that, shape every conversation so it's smarter, it's more focused. Again, it's more on purpose than it would be. And there's a discipline I describe as conversational capacity. I help leaders develop to do just that. And so someone with high conversational capacity is able to engage in constructive learning focused dialogue about difficult subjects in challenging circumstances and across really tough boundaries. Uh, A team with high conversational capacity can put their most difficult, painful, divisive issue on the table in a meeting and do really good work around it, whereas a team with low conversational capacity, a minor difference of opinion will often derail a meeting. And so Joan Magretta at the Harvard Business School said management's business is building organizations that work. And I think an underappreciated and sometimes completely ignored aspect of doing that is building the conversational capacity of myself as a leader, but also of the team or the business. So we're able to engage with each other in a really healthy, really balanced way when it matters.
0: The People and Performance Podcast, supported by Fidelo, Inc., is dedicated to offering tips and expert insights into the strategic capabilities and behaviors needed to establish, grow, and measure the performance of employees. If you enjoy the show, why not subscribe and give us five stars through your favorite podcast app.
1: One thing that I love about what you teach and what you talk about, Craig, is that you offer uh, practical examples and uh, and you and you talk about real life important scenarios and one of those is is meetings and um having productive meetings so i'd like to know what does a productive meeting mean to you craig i know it sounds like a kind of a bit of a basic question but let's break that down in terms of you know what the results are from that and um should all in attendance have a voice. What I mean by that is, are there certain people who sit at the table, so to speak, uh, who need to lead that meeting and and be heard? And are, are there others who, in some instances, in some meetings, perhaps just need to to keep quiet? Or is that terribly um, uh, out of tune of me? And everyone should have a voice at all times.
3: No, I think that's a great question. Actually, and it kind of depends. Uh, <laughs> the classic answer: it depends. So. What does a really good meeting look like? Well, that depends on what you're trying to get out of the meeting. And one of the things we focus on in our work with clients is getting much clearer on the purpose of a meeting. And I use an example of being hired by a larger organization to help with a senior team. And they said, before you engage with us in a workshop environment, we'd like you to sit in a couple of meetings to kind of see what's going on. What do you notice about the way the team engages with each other? So I said, great. So we were walking down the hallway to the first meeting and I said to the executive, just so I know what to pay attention to in this meeting, what is the purpose of the meeting? And he looked at me like I was an idiot and said, it's a meeting which I thought was funny. And so I followed up and I said, okay, fair enough. Let me rephrase the question. What do you expect to be different in the business after this meeting? And he actually stopped and said, you know, I actually never thought of it that way. And I think a lot of times, one of the things we can do to make our meetings more effective is, first off, get clear on the purpose. Because it's hard to decide what kind of decision making should we have at this meeting if the purpose isn't clear. Who should be in the room and whoever's in the room, who should be the most engaged? It's hard to answer that question until you determine the purpose of the meeting. Are you there to brainstorm? Are you there to disseminate information? Are you there to wrestle with a really hard decision? All those things will affect who needs to be in the room? What kind of decision making we need to implement, and who needs to be more or less engaged in the conversations? So I think that's a little—it's a nuanced question. It's a good question because it forces you to ask a series of deeper questions that can help you get more clear on what is the meeting for, what are we trying to get out of it, and then how do we structure it and manage that meeting in a way that lines up with its purpose? How's that as a responsibility? Is that—is uh, that? Did I miss anything?
1: I'll take it. I'll take that response. I'd say it's a pretty good one. Thank
3: you. Well, I love that response
2: because it seems like for for the last several years, I've been in meetings because I'm being punished. I think is the only reason I'm there. Um, so um, <laughs> maybe that's
3: maybe that's the purpose of the meeting, Chris. I think it is. I think it is.
2: No, I love I love what you state. You know, I'm an old timer here, and I've gone through quality stuff, and I love focusing your meetings on doing something productive or don't meet at all you're not going to make those
3: changes it's it's important um to you know use your time wisely so thank you so much yeah i i I like i heard a quote one time that said it it takes an awfully good meeting to be better than no meeting at all oh yeah i've heard that too and it's just there and
2: you know in some of some you know not just work but community organizations sometimes we're just having meetings for meeting's sake and you're like why are we here and what are we moving forward and how are we changing things and you know, when you re when you refocus everybody along those lines, it really it really livens the room up and gets people focused and and done. And a lot of times, it happens quicker than sitting there for the allotted time that you had originally. So it's great.
0: Yeah,
2: it's great. Hey, I have a, a question for you. This is one of the questions. Uh, the next two questions. I have the next two questions for you, actually. So the first question, um, and we asked this of everyone, and it is this: in one minute or less. Can you share one piece of advice or some direction that you were given by a mentor, a leader or a colleague that inspired you personally to perform at a higher level in your career?
3: Yeah. um, So here's someone who really had a big effect on my thinking. Chris Argyris, uh, founding father of the field of organizational learning, taught at Harvard for a number of years before he passed away recently. But one of the pieces of advice he shared that I thought was really powerful is whenever you're stuck in a bind, I want to give someone some feedback, but I don't want to hurt their feelings. One of the best ways to deal with the bind is to make the bind explicit. So there's something about saying, hey, look, I feel stuck between a rock and a hard spot here. Let me kind of explain what I'm where I feel stuck and get your input. That alone, just naming the bind and authorizing someone to help you manage it is a great way to get out of the bind. So that's my quick response in less than a minute.
2: Brilliant, I love that, yeah. Plus it also, de- it it um, escalates a situation that could get hyper it real quick, so.
1: Yeah,
0: great well
2: point. said. Nice, yeah. All right, next question that we ask everybody. From a culture and people processes perspective, what does a high performing company
3: mean to you? Yeah, that's a great question too. So I think what I would think about it, a high performing team, that's one way to frame it. A team that's really functioning at a high level is, is able to maintain a really solid fit between what it is they're working together to accomplish and how they're working together to accomplish it. So a low-performing team, you'll often see a big gap. We need to have a really creative brainstorming process, but we're just arguing with each other when something comes up. That's a real disconnect between what we're working together to accomplish and how we're working together to accomplish it. Whereas a team that we would call high performing or a real a team that can really work well under pressure is able to maintain really good fit between what we're working together to accomplish and how we're working together to accomplish it. And I think one of the big reasons that fit is hard to create is low conversational capacity. We may have really good intentions going into a conversation or meeting, but suddenly the behaviors in the meeting start working against the purpose of the meeting, not because our intentions are bad, but because our emotional defensive reactions begin to throw us off our game
1: great two more questions for you before we do wrap up for today uh you mentioned earlier on as part of your intro you've written a couple of awesome books tell us about one of them please i I think uh given the nature of this show uh, we'd like you to tell us about conversational capacity the secret to building successful teams that perform when the pressure is on tell us about that
3: yeah that's uh, the first book and um it's really designed to help people start recognizing this foundational variable in building organiza- in building organizations, teams, projects, work relationships that really work well when we need them to. And it's sort of an underappreciated aspect of this conversational capacity. I argue it's a foundational competence that breathes life into every other activity that requires people communicate and collaborate for its effectiveness. But it's not something that tends to be on our management dashboard. You know, what is conversational capacity? Why does it matter? And how do we build it? So that initial book was a dive into, let's, get, let's come up with a rigorous construct for an aspect of building organizations and teams and exercising effective leadership that doesn't usually have any useful frameworks around it. So that was sort of the idea with the first book.
1: Very good. And your, your second book was called Influence and in Action, How to Build Your Conversational Capacity, Do Meaningful Work and Make a Powerful Difference. For And it was uh, released in 2019, listeners, and it can also be found on the Amazons and such places. Uh, Craig, before we wrap up for today, how can our listeners connect with you and learn more about what you get up to?
3: Well, I'm constantly publishing publishing, uh, new articles and uh, related material on LinkedIn. So it's an easy place to connect with me there. And then conversationalcapacity.com. There's a range of articles and other information about the work we're doing, the books, etc. So those are two great ways to kind of connect with me if you'd like.
1: Excellent. Well, that just leaves Chris and I to say, Craig Weather, you are awesome. Keep doing what you're doing. Thank you very much for being our guest today.
3: My genuine pleasure. Thank you again for the invitation, you two. Hey, thanks, Craig.
0: Thank you for listening to The People and Performance Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please remember to like, comment and subscribe.